0: Good morning. So today we are starting a new mini-series just for December, um, looking at some of the names that were given in Isaiah 9 um, for Jesus. But before we get there, I'm quite keen on Christmas and Christmas is coming. So who's got their tree up? Oh, I love it. That's exciting. I was really worried I'd ask this question and there would be no hands Three. Alison has three trees. Do you know what? This year, we're not having one because we're going away for Christmas for like a week. So we've gone, we won't get one this year. Um, and I set Benji off last night. Oh, Ruth, what? She's going to light her first candle today for Advent. That's really exciting. Um, I left Benji making paper chains last night to put up. And when I got back, so I went out, came back an hour later and he'd done six chains. So yeah, I'm not sure where that's gonna go or how that's gonna look, but there we go. So I don't know whether you're looking forward to Christmas. I don't know whether you're quite a Grinch when it comes to Christmas. You're not really that keen. Um, I don't know whether you've brought presents yet or whether actually you're someone who in the last week goes, I haven't brought anything, bought anything. Um, Let's just go to a nearby shop and see what we can find. but we can quite often put a lot of preparation into Christmas. Um, but I was also thinking that when it comes to Christmas, for, especially for kids, I think... I mean, I get quite excited about Christmas, but I quite like the run-up to Christmas. But for kids, Christmas starts at the light switch on, and then they have six weeks of waiting. And my boys are a bit older now, so it's not such a big deal, but when they were little, it was like the longest six weeks ever. Um, And you just found yourself as a parent going, it's okay, you can get there. Come on, we can do this. Um, But yeah, so today we're going to be looking at Isaiah 9. And at this point in the Bible, um, the Israelites have been through quite a rough time. So they're going through a really bad patch. Um, Things are just going wrong for them. And the passage we're going to look at, Isaiah prophesies to the Israelites. But it's 800 years before actually what he prophesies comes to be. And I think that six weeks of waiting, my boys do, is nothing in comparison to the 800 years that the Israelites did. Um, Phil Moore writes about it. So he writes to the Straight to the Heart series. Um, books they're all on the different books of the Bible they're brilliant if you've not come across them they're really really good to help you get into a book in the Bible they have 60 bite-sized insights into each book or when it comes to the New Testament they do a couple of books over those 60 things Um, and he writes about this point For the Israelites. During Israel's darkest hour, Isaiah prophesied the breaking of a new dawn. So I'm just going to ask Pauline to come up and she's going to read the verses for us.
1: The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For, as in the days of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning will be fuel for the fire, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this.
0: Thank you, Pauline. So as I said before, when, when Isaiah prophesied this bit, the Israelites will have felt like they were walking in darkness. He offered them hope. Hope which they really needed, actually, at that time. Because the Assyrians were taking Israelites captive. And all around them, places were being conquered. Um, and land that was around them was being taken And it was just a horrible time to live, I think, really, not knowing what was going to happen next. So before we look at the name of Jesus that um, I'm looking at today, I just wanted to point out a couple of things from this passage. This first bit tells us that God hasn't forgotten about his people. In fact, he promises a great light. He gives them hope at a time when they felt defeated, they felt defenseless, and they were despairing. And secondly, later on, he says this. He prophesies about what he's going to do. He tells us that he's going to bring a child, and the Messiah will come as that child, and he will reign on David's throne. Isn't it funny that often at Christmas, you have Christmas cards with the cute little baby, all wrapped in their swaddling clothes. And uh, you have the nativity plays where there's a very cute baby wrapped up. Um, but actually, this baby was born to be the Messiah. And it says here on this bit, and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. On, uh, uh, time on and forever. I'd also just like to point out that all the activity is on God's side. It's not about what the Israelites do. It's not about whether they continue to follow all his commands and get everything right. Actually, God has said, no, I'm going to do this. And it's not about what you are going to do. I am going to gift this to you. I will give a son. I will give my son. So today, we are going to be looking at the wonderful counselor which was one of the many titles that the Messiah would be given. I'm really bad. Actually, let's go back a little bit. So the wonderful counselor is a phrase together. They're given as two words together. So it's not, I mean, God is wonderful and he is the counselor, but he's the wonderful counselor. But for us to understand those words, I'm going to take them separately first. Um, because actually our understanding of wonderful today is very different to what it was in the time of the Israelites. I'm really bad at using the word wonderful. If you bring me a cup of tea or a cup of coffee in the office, I will say, that's wonderful, thanks. Um, that isn't how it was meant. In the Bible, the word, the Hebrew word is parla, which means a phenomenon lying outside the realm of human explanation. In other words, it's used to describe a miracle, to describe a supernatural deed, or a wonder. Is something that's beyond human ability. The same word is used by David in Psalm 139, when he says, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. It describes something miraculous, something that's beyond him that he can't do himself. And the prophet Isaiah declared that the coming Christ would be a wonder. This not only describes what Jesus is going to do, but it describes who he is. He himself is wonderful. He is the wonder. And the word counselor, again, we use very differently today than it was used in the Bible. Counselor, in that time was actually used to describe somebody like a king giving counsel to his people. So people would come to him for advice, they'd come to him for guidance, they'd come for direction or instruction. A couple of examples in the Old Testament would be Moses, who was not a king, but remember that bit in the Old Testament where Moses is seeing loads and loads of people and his father-in-law Jethro comes to him and goes, you can't keep doing this. This isn't how it's going to work. So they then have a few people that see to most people, and then the more difficult things come to Moses. And he, they come, they get his advice, they get his wise counsel that comes from God through them. Or when they need someone to judge a situation for them. The other good example is King Solomon. And King Solomon did have his bad moments. But he was known to be very wise. In fact, he was so wise that people came from other nations to hear about his wisdom. They came from outside of where he lived because they wanted to know what he thought and what his God was saying through him. However, going back to Jesus, Jesus will be the perfect counselor. Jesus is the perfect counselor. And long before the child is born and the son is given, Isaiah tells us that he's planning to send a counselor for the broken-hearted people of the world. So Isaiah 9, verse 7, describes the king, the person who is our counselor. That he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. So now we're going to take the two words together like they were meant to be. Now we know a bit more of what they actually meant at the time when Isaiah spoke them. So we have Jesus, who is our wonderful, wise, godly counsel, who loves us. Who came as the baby, as Isaiah prophesied, was the Messiah, the Savior who would deliver mankind from its sin. But more than that, in Romans 8.34, Paul wrote, Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. So he hasn't just come and been the wonderful counsellor and is the wonderful counsellor. Actually, he's sitting on the right hand of God, interceding for us. And when I looked at what interceding means, it means intervening on behalf of us. So he's talking to God on our behalf. I find that wonderful in the true meaning of the word. Today... We know what the Israelites didn't. We know that that prophecy will happen 800 years after Isaiah prophesies it. They lived at a different time and they had to wait for the Messiah to come. We know Jesus has come. We know that he's already been and conquered death. We know that he's done all that for us. And we see in the Gospels, when Jesus walked on the earth, what he did, what he taught, who he was and who he is. In Corinthians 1, verse 30 to 31, it says, And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written... Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. We can read about, we can reflect on, and we can appeal for help from Jesus. The one who became wisdom, the one, for, the one who became for us wisdom from God. When we take all that we know about Christ, it adds up to a marvelous truth. He is the God who is a wonder of a counsellor. So where are we going to take this with us today? I want to start by saying, reminding us about that verse that he's our wonderful counsellor who is interceding for us. There is simply no counsellor in the world like him. So I think a good response is to be thanking him for who he is. Thanking God that when we draw near to him through Christ Jesus, we can do that because he sent Jesus for us. There's a verse in Hebrews that says this, Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. And again, it's just that thing of Jesus interceding for us, speaking for us, being there for us. Secondly, I want to just point out that Jesus loves us, that he wants the best for us. And as we put him at the center of our lives and at the center of our situations, we find that we become more like him. And in becoming more like him, we then act and we love more like Jesus does. So as our wonderful counselor, when we put Jesus at the center, he starts to reorientate our lives around him and what's important to him. And Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit to help us with that. He gives us the Holy Spirit to bring the counsel of God into our lives. He gives us the Holy Spirit to guide us in becoming more like Jesus. So it says, But when the, Holy, when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Jesus, as I said before, has sent the Holy Spirit to be a helper, to share Jesus with us. But just as he shares Jesus with us, we're to bear witness to other people. We're to share Jesus with the people around us. We're to bring Jesus into the situations that are happening around us. And the Holy Spirit is there and will help us do that. He will help us have the wisdom and the words to say and the counsel that's needed. And finally, I just want to go back to the hope reference, to the hope that the Israelites felt when they heard that the child is born. Because I think sometimes we miss that hope that's brought because we weren't the israelites because actually we know jesus has already come and he's already done it and and we miss it so this december i'm going to challenge you as the preparations for christmas begin as the lights go up as you walk in through town and you see the lights there and you see the christmas trees shining from people's windows to remember that hope that Isaiah brought through these words. The hope that we have today, that we were people who were walking in the darkness, but we have seen Jesus, the great light. The light has dawned for us. We've seen it. And just as Jesus was the child born to the Israelites, he was born for us today. And we can know him as the wonderful counselor, We can worship our Messiah Jesus this Christmas knowing that he came just as God prophesied he would through Isaiah. And we don't have to wait like the Israelites did. We know that Jesus, as the promised anointed one, the Christ and our Savior, is there and we can talk to him. And actually... Again, that's amazing, isn't it? That is pretty wonderful that actually we can talk to our wonderful counsellor.